I'm in conversation with Commander Will Kramer, United States Navy, retired. Will is a surface warfare officer, serving primarily on cruisers and amphibs. He's got two commands under his belt, and he served on several flagstaffs. Welcome, Will Kramer. Thank you very much, Mike. Welcome to the do-over, Will. And in this series, we talk about things we might have done differently if we'd had a chance. And we're going to talk today about moral courage. Let's start with that, Will. Could you tell me what your definition of moral courage is? My definition of moral courage is doing the right thing, the thing that you know is right, even when it's not popular. Moral courage is doing it when it's hard and when people don't agree with you. That's a very solid definition. So let's jump into your story. So as an ensign, I reported to my first job as ordnance officer on a cruiser and had a division of about 20 people, including two chiefs. One of the chiefs was, was, seemed to be a superstar, but the other, well, he seemed okay at first. Well, it turned out that I had it flipped, of course, and the one that seemed okay turned out to be a superstar and retired as, this, as the top gunner's mate in the Navy. The one that I thought was a superstar, I realized over time was lazy, didn't keep up with things, didn't do the quality assurance checks that I expected, and didn't meet deadlines. Uh, I felt he was lazy, and I didn't trust him. And he was pretty popular, and, and he was well thought of in the command. He had a couple of collateral duties, and, and my boss was an LDO, and his boss was an LDO, limited duty officer, and they seemed to like him just fine. Well, when the time came to prepare his evaluation, I had already realized that he was pretty lazy. I prepared a rough to pass up the line, and I rated him pretty marginally and passed it along up to my, uh, actually to my principal assistant en route to the department head. And a couple hours later, I got called in by my boss's boss, and he told me I was all wrong about this chief. He had received good evals up to then from his other commands and from this command, and, and so clearly I was wrong. I, I tried for a short time to explain my rationale, but I was cut off. They were adamant that I was wrong, and they made me redo the evaluation. So went along, and a couple months later, this same chief applied to become a limited duty officer. And I had the same dilemma. This time I went to the department head to discuss my misgivings. And the department head said that, well, since we gave such a great eval in the past, but he had now seen some evidence of poor performance. And he wasn't so sure that it was right, but considering the chief had such a great record, we'd look silly if we didn't give him a great recommendation for the LDO program. So we gave him a positive recommendation and he made limited duty officer. While he was waiting around to actually get promoted, it takes some time, and he was still serving as a chief, we had a casualty to our missile magazine. Basically, we had seawater injected all over some very, very modern and up-to-date missiles. Uh, we had basically the best ones you could get. And the captain was, by the book, should have reported the incident, but did not, because he came down inspected the area, and discussed it with this same chief who was the expert in this area. And the chief told the captain, now he had it all under control. No further action was required. No report was filed. Well, eventually those missiles, we had an offload due to going into the shipyard, and those missiles were found to be severely damaged. 
a lot of pieces were scrapped. And after investigation, this captain was revealed for cause. This was a really, really great captain, highly regarded, very likely candidate for flag. But this was the end of it for him. And when it was time for the chief's promotion to limited duty officer, the ship said, yeah, this is the way we'll get rid of him. We don't have to give a bad eval and get him kicked out of the Navy. So they made him an officer to get rid of him. So I got a lesson out of this, and that was allowing that poor performance to continue and even be rewarded. Sure uh, made my boss happy, but it was the wrong thing for the, for the command and for that captain. So, Will, you've got an interesting story here. I'm going to take the first chief here, the guy who didn't seem to make a great first impression on you. And he ended up being the real class guy, the guy who perhaps he made everything look easy because he knew what his job was and he got it done. And I think that that's, that's probably true. There were also some preconceived notion. He was a good old boy from the South, talked slow, little slangy in the speech. And I just didn't have a positive first impression. How much work do you think that guy was doing, that chief was doing, not necessarily to do his job, but to make it look like he was doing his job? He's one of my favorite people I ever had under me. I think he did a tremendous amount of work. And everybody else on the ship ended up leaning on him to help. Something actually, just without going too far, uh, something you'll discover over time is that a good technician is someone who can diagnose problems with their equipment. A great technician, superstar, is someone who can diagnose other people's equipment. That was this guy. So what about the second chief? What made him different? He worked, I think he spent a fair amount of time putting up a, a, a front that he was this, you know, very uh, superior chief. He had great uniforms, uh, impeccable grooming, but spent uh, probably, as, as I later learned, too much time hanging around with his friends and not actually out in the spaces doing the work. Now, this is quite a parable. And you and I both know that junior officers will see this out in the fleet. You've got all types of sailors and Marines out there. They know their job. Some of them work harder at it than others, and some of them work hard just to make it look like they're doing their job. And it's our job as leaders to figure that out and then do something about it. So if I had this to do over again, I first of all, uh, we didn't do midterm counseling in those days, but I would have initiated and documented his performance uh, misdeeds, mis so to speak, uh, we were in an unusual situation because we were pre-com. We didn't have the ship yet at the beginning. Uh, and I was operating out of my back pocket most of the time. I had a desk that I shared with other people. But I should have been documenting that performance with dates and specifics. And although I gave some examples when I first wrote the adverse evaluation, I didn't give very many. And I certainly couldn't give dates and times. I should have been documenting it. And I actually should have gone to my boss earlier and said, you know, gee, I'm, I'm an ensign. I just want to tell you that I'm seeing these things now. Uh, this shouldn't come as a bolt out of the blue when the evaluation goes in. 
You've got a very good point here. This kind of goes back to moral courage. It's hard to go against prevailing commentary or wisdom. The cure here is to stand by your guns, stand by what your perceptions, what your values, what your understanding is, and make sure your boss or your boss's boss knows where you're coming from. Make sure he or she proves to you why you might be wrong. That's tough, right? Yes, it does. And and it's even better, however, if you stand up to it early and not wait till it's a bolt out of the blue at evaluation time. I saw things were happening. I didn't take enough action early. Let me jump on top of that. So you're a new ensign. You just reported aboard your first duty station. You're on the ship. You've learned here on the yard and in the fleet so far that one of your primary jobs is to learn. Listen to your senior enlisted and your chiefs. Learn from them. But at the same time, you do have some chops here. You've got skin of the game. You've been through a program here on the yard. You've been on summer cruises. You've seen what the fleet is like. You've been out there. So you have a responsibility and you can do things yourself, right? Well, your, your, your point is valid. You need to use your own judgment and not just accept that you have it right, that, that the, that yes, we're learning from the chiefs as a junior officer, as an ensign, as a JG, you should be learning from your senior enlisted, but at the same time, you need to use your own smarts, make sure that it passes the, what I call the giggle test. Does it make sense? Do you giggle to yourself when you think of something makes sense? Do you have to press the, I believe button or can you believe what you're being told in this case? I learned very quickly. I didn't know much. We were building the ship. And one of our important responsibilities was to be out looking at the spaces because we were right next to the shipyard. And let's just say this particular chief did not do a great job of keeping up with the status, knowing when things were happening, being there to witness tests. He just couldn't, couldn't seem to keep it all together. And then as we moved aboard and did the, the same things continued, similar things. So we know how to build muscle, getting out there and pushing weights or running or doing whatever we need to do to build physical stamina and abilities. We know how to push on the academic side, uh, in the library, reading books, asking questions, doing experiments. But tell us how we build our capacity and our ability to project strength and moral courage out there. Well, in terms of evaluations, you know, as a midshipman, you do evaluations on peers or on lower ranking midshipmen. And in my day, the tendency seemed to be to go along with the popular opinion. You made a reputation as a plebe. And once your reputation as a plebe was established, people didn't really look too hard. And going against the popular opinion didn't seem to happen very much. Well, that's a way that you can work on this early is to, is to continue evaluating continue looking for new data. Don't try to follow that first impression necessarily and be willing to go against that popular opinion, even when it's unpopular. So it's almost like using the scientific method. I mean, people, environments change and grow and modify. Things happen that kind of push people or push experiences. So things can change and you want to be able to observe and then modify based on your observation, right? Yes, exactly. This is a pretty tough story. 
I want to ask you what happened at the end of it. No, I'll just tell you that that uh, I transferred off right after this happened, a, a little bit later. But the investigations that went on about the wrecked missiles went on for some time, and the captain's relief for cause uh, was not a pretty story. And I continued to hear echoes of it for a long time. People came to me for statements. Uh, it was not uh, it was not a happy thing. Well, thanks a lot for doing the do-over. It's a hard conversation to have, especially when you talk about things you should have done years ago. We appreciate you coming back and talking to us about it. My pleasure. And beat Army. <laughs>